1: This is a HeadGum
0: Podcast. This episode was originally released in March of 2022 as a bonus episode, and it is the first episode of a three-part series, so to get the rest of the episodes, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash tsdwpodcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary, Didn't Watch.
2: everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch march bonus episode number one that's what this is that's what this is that's where you are that's where we are hello it's nice to be here
0: it's great to be here And I feel like this episode is one that we have been talking about probably since like the inception of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, we stick to mostly movie recaps, but had talked about at some point doing series and we did Squid Game. But like truly from the beginning, I feel like people were like, oh, you should do Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House.
2: Which is what we are doing now.
1: (laughs) And we love Mike Flanagan. But we haven't done any of his movies, have we? Like Ouija.
0: We have. We did Hush. W- which one did hush. we do?
1: Oh Hush.
0: Oh, we did Doctor Sleep as well. So okay. we haven't done Oculus and we haven't done Gerald's game. Um but yeah, we've done a lot, we've done a good amount of Mike Flanagan, and he I I just I love him.
1: Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Um you guys little known fact um is that I Worked at Paramount Television Studios while we were making Hachi at House. And I don't know whether we've That's really, right. I remember, really ever talked about that uh, in great detail, but I have some behind the scenes, you know. Ooh you know, little, little knowledge about this whole show, I didn't work on it directly. Um, it was not assigned to me, but I was able you know, I picked things up in the ether and
0: through the grapevine. Mm-hmm. You the heard grapevine. the goss.
1: I heard the goss. I heard the goss. And um, it's uh, it was a, a complicated show to make. It was mm. really hard to make. I think um, mm. obviously the results fruitful results but i just know from a production standpoint it was really tough and complicated i mean there's so many kids in it anytime you have this many kids Mm, right scheduling gets really tricky because you know they're very strict about hours for kids. i mean Mm. it's still like kids can work like eight hours straight basically which is pretty crazy (laughs) seems seems like too long they
2: also have to do like school
1: yeah i you know I don't. I don't know. I. I think that the main thing that I remember, honestly, is that um. I remember the one of the people who was working on it being like, "It's always these shows that end up being the best. The ones that are like so hard and like complicated and like the like the most that you would difficult. hope never
2: get picked up." Exactly. And then they're like Exactly. Greenlit for five <laughs> seasons. Right.
0: You're like, I hope this is a disaster because this was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Exactly. And then. They were right. And then it ch- just teaches, like, everyone in the higher-up positions, like, oh, okay, this way that we did this was the right way.
2: <laughs> the universe feeds on suffering.
0: Let's do it again. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give you some stats about this This series. Uh, is created, obviously, by Mike Flanagan.
2: hmm
0: Written by Mike Flan... Well... It's based on a book by Shirley Jackson. Actually, I didn't write down the names of all the writers. Are there multiple writers or did Mike Flanagan write all of it? I think it's like kind of a normal TV show where there's a writer's room and I just didn't write down the writer's names. I genuinely don't remember.
1: No idea. It feels like Mike Flanagan does a lot, though, so I wouldn't be surprised if he just fucking wrote the whole thing. I feel like he wrote the whole thing with like one other person or something crazy like that.
0: It's a lot of writing. He seems like he loves writing. Yeah,
1: Mike <laughs> Lo- is loves writing
0: because we've talked about Midnight Mass and how there's just endless monologues in that, and mm-hmm. just—it's right. like he just loves to freaking—he loves the written word. Yeah, there's too much that that pulled me out of it real hard. Um, but no, there's a lot of writers on this. Uh, yeah, there are series, so I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna name them all. Sorry, you'll be Sorry. anonymous. Go to the IMDP. <laughs> <A-F-T-B-B-> I-T-B-B- <laughs> I-T-B-B- I-T-B-B- <laughs> uh but it is starring Mikhail Hausman, which I looked up how to pronounce it and that is the correct pronunciation. Nice. It's spelled like Michael Huseman. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Houseman.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, is he's from um he was in the invitation, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And yeah. yeah, game of game of game Thrones, of Thrones.
0: Mm-hmm. Nashville. Famously. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I know I'm from
1: Nashville. Connie Britton's love interest in season mm-hmm, two or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, Carla Gugino, Henry Thomas, Elizabeth Reaser, Oliver Jackson-Cohen, Kate Siegel, Victoria Padretti, and Timothy Hutton. Wowie! I feel like this was the first time I saw a lot of these actors and... Uh, Mike Flanagan likes to Use the same actors a lot And so now I like Would you say
2: that one of them Is very not
1: hot In an obvious way?
0: (laughs) No, I wouldn't
1: That's a deep inside joke If anyone wants to
0: I think some eagle-eared Listeners might recall in our invisible man episode oh my god i'm sorry emily's cat mabel is looking right into the camera
1: like so close so close like sniffing the camera so close but going in and out of frame oh man
0: oh it's really funny um yeah, in the Invisible Man episode, we had a big debate about whether or not Oliver Jackson Cohen is hot, and I just am a firm yes, and Emily's a, hard, a firm no. Hard, hard no.
1: Hard no. He, I
0: think he's not hot. hot. I do think he's not hot. Not hot. You think he's hot, Henley? You're the tiebreaker. I think he's hot. I decided. i got to find more people to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think it's because this is the first thing I saw him in, and his character in this is so... He's so great in it, mm-hmm. and he's not a, like, psychopathic Dylan. killer that's, like... Traumatizing his mm-hmm. Ex-wife and so it's, it's right. more like who Also
2: is like sort of a huge dork <laughs> And like
1: Looks not hot <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I like how that's your that was your Biggest thing you're like he's just too much of a dork To be a villain
2: it was such Reveal it was such reveal of this man who I was Like,
0: guy? like who cares Anticlimactic fucking guy?
2: <laughs> Anyway he's in this
0: good for him um, It has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes People oh, really love this show mm-hmm. And an 86 on IMDB I didn't write down a lot of Trivia for it Henley do you have other BTS info?
1: not honestly like this is such an annoying thing to say but as I started talking I was like I probably shouldn't say any of this publicly
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I was wondering yeah what is easier I guess if you weren't on the project you didn't sign an NDA <laughs> I didn't technically <laughs> and I don't work for
1: Paramount anymore but I also don't want to air any dirty laundry that's not my sure. door. you don't want to get
0: a reputation for being someone mm-hmm. with loose lips loose mm-hmm. lips mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. loose lips Henley that's what they'll call you <laughs>
2: Oh, Hanley loose lips. Mm.
1: <laughs> it's, it's as though millions of people are listening right now. It's as though I'm on, it's as though I'm on fresh air with Terry Gross. And I'm like, Terry, listen, <laughs> I Terry? Just can't reveal that.
0: <laughs> You're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> Terry, cut it out.
1: I'm going to leave. I'm getting up to leave. My publicist is telling, giving me the sign that I got to cut it out.
0: Yeah, you'll do the Adam Driver. Just walk yeah, out on Terry leave. Gross. Wait, why did he do that again? What because happened? she ma- he made she made him watch a clip of himself acting. Oh right, right God, and he does not like that.
2: I think they did say beforehand, like don't do that.
0: Yeah,
1: so you know she likes to push her boundaries, but also that is kind of an absurd reaction to have.
0: Absolutely, it's an absurd. When reaction. that's your chosen, he seems profession. like an, a a wild person.
2: Yeah, I think he's I think he's weird, but you know what he is? He's hot.
0: Okay,
1: mm-hmm. Emily His People are wondering
2: where I sort of stand on mm-hmm. Things
1: mm-hmm. He's a person that I would be scared To be around if he was angry at me
2: Oh, me too He's so large Yeah, he's, he's like big A formidable, formidable physical presence, I'm sure it Scares me yeah. Just thinking about it
0: Um. So, Henley, you watched this when it came out mm-hmm. And what are your feelings on its scariness As a notorious scaredy cat so, I watched it
1: actually with Tim, my husband, who is also a scaredy cat. More of a scaredy cat than I am. I mean, I, if I, I feel like, I mean, you, by doing this podcast, maybe it's, you know, obvious, but like if I was in a relationship with someone who loved scary movies, I would watch more of them just because like I am curious yeah. and I'm like, but Tim mm-hmm. sk- totally tips the scales the other direction. He is yep. so scared. He hates, anything that's uncomfortable to watch too Mm -hmm. so it's not just like scary things he doesn't want to feel cringy at about anything which is a lot of like thrillery stuff you know what i mean so also like a nathan for you oh yeah not a nathan for you can't handle can't (laughs) handle it um Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we watched it together and he really he actually really liked it and i think i i don't know we like watch the whole That's thing. That's interesting. He was, he, was, he was definitely scared during the ghost parts. He yep. hid. Um, I felt... He hid? He hid. <laughs> Where he hid. did he hide? <laughs> he, hid. <laughs> <laughs> he hid. He hid his entire body. No, he hid his eyes. Um, although that does remind me of one characteristic about Tim, which maybe I told you guys before, is growing up, he would be so scared of watching like anything, like cartoons or anything. He would stand in the thresholds of the room at, at the doorway <laughs> with one Eye like looking at the TV and the other eye out, so he could just like easily,
0: easily go, go in back and out. And forth.
1: I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. This <laughs> is too much. Very funny. Anyway, so uh, I I I didn't think it was too scary, but I gotta say I rewatched, rewatched it. Um I'm like a broken record at this point, but after having kids. This show, a lot of kids, a lot of extreme trauma happening to these children. Yeah. Um, And that hit home in a way that it didn't before. Uh, Especially, Mm -hmm. especially the little boy. There's a little six year old boy who is the
0: cutest (laughs) child actor. They fucking chose
1: the cutest kids on purpose. They're so cute. They're so cute. They're so... It makes me
0: angry. Wow, I gotta look at these kids. It's ridiculous how cute they are. They have, oh like, little... Oh, They have,
1: little lisp, and they have, like, the biggest eye. They're, like, little Pixar characters in human form. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Whoa, well, I'm looking up these fucking kids. Oh. I tried to watch one episode once.
0: Maybe we were all hanging out, and we were gonna watch it, or... Be, I, I, I thought it was too scary. I think it's pretty scary. I mean, I watched it when it came out, and... But I think this speaks to the difference between what Henley thinks is scary and what I think yeah. is scary. And we've talked about this before, but like ghosts and demon shit like scares me a lot and
1: doesn't scare me. as It much. doesn't
0: scare Henley that much. It really so. doesn't
1: scare me as much. I loved it because the drama within the family was so yes. interesting to me. And I loved the whole concept of like a family being traumatized by being haunted when they were kids Genius Why ha- yeah. haven't, hasn't there been more content Like done like that before Because it's so blurring the lines Between like mental health And
0: mm-hmm. just
1: you know what's, what's, what's you know Nature versus nurture I, I loved it and Yeah
0: I do think also That it like needs to be a series Like the the mm-hmm. depth of character exploration That they do like Couldn't have been done in a movie So this is I feel like One of the first horror series Well American horror story I guess Pre- but those are those are this. so
1: campy and outrageous, right? Right. This one is real. Like it's a real story about real relationships, and yeah, the acting's really good. The writing's good. I think kids it's cute. great. The kids looked it up. Emily Emily thinks the kids are cute. Emily has I think the kids are cute opinions about this stuff. She thinks people are hot, and she thinks they're not hot. So if she says they're cute
0: you know she fucking means well it. she is wrong about her opinion from earlier no <laughs> opinions you know obviously can be right, no. or, right or wrong <laughs> no no
1: wrong.
0: not wrong okay so you emily watched a little bit and didn't make it through first episode so this is all going to be fresh info for you
2: absolutely Haunting stuff is scary for me, too. I just don't like the, like, lurky darkness around... Because it all happens yes. at night. There's and a it's lot like, of
0: lurking, a lot of long shots. And it's a lot of, like,
2: being like, what's over there? What's over there? But yeah, I, I, that's really tough for me, the, the tension of that kind of scare. So I, I, I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, that's what always... That's my scariest part in scary movies is when... You know something is coming, and it just yeah. keeps you tense, and you're looking, and you don't know where the thing's gonna be. And you don't like it. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that.
2: Well, let's freaking get into it. I'm, ex- I am excited to hear. And be a part of the conversation.
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of ground to cover here. These are some dense episodes, and we want to do them justice because they're very good. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be part one of a three-part series.
2: Wow. Okay, let's freaking dive in.
0: Let's get into it. So episode one is called Stephen Sees a Ghost. We start in... uh, a spooky mansion <laughs> This is Hill House And uh, We see a Young boy waking up in the middle of the night And hearing Siblings in another room like I don't know upset about something And he goes in and And sees that in this room There's a little girl and a little boy These are the the two cutest kids In, in the cast Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's
1: disgraceful I
2: like
0: ranking them <laughs> I, get, I think it's just because they're the youngest So they're just like adorable It's
2: really fun and good to judge Everyone based on their exterior Yeah that's what we do here. and I like to do it and mm-hmm. I feel cur- I feel good about it mm-hmm. and I feel good that people are listening to me do it especially young children yeah <laughs> I feel I'm like we're on board. I have no regrets about anything upset. <laughs> no, but so I don't far. think
1: I don't think it's I don't think it's bad to say that these kids are fucking cute as hell. It's insane. The the boy has glasses that magnify his eyes. It's just not okay. They're like
0: a full centimeter thick. Yeah, like coke bottle glasses. Oh, it's exactly. too
1: much. It's too much. Cute. cute. And
0: the little girl in this room has had a bad dream about the bent neck lady. Yeah. And they all have I think heard about bent neck lady before. They're kind of like, oh, bent neck lady again. Like this is a dream. This little girl's name is Nell. It's like Nell had another dream about bent neck lady. Uh, her brother that she is sharing the room with is Luke. They are twins. Um, and eventually the the dad hears the you know ruckus happening in this room that the kids are up. Comes in, says, "What's going on?" this again the bent neck lady like now, it's okay it's just you know you're having a dream sometimes the the mind can when you wake up have little remnants of dreams and but it's going to be okay we also get the context that they are in this house because they're fixing it up and then going to sell it mm-hmm. so the parents are, yeah, something in real estate that they have moved house to house, fix up houses and sell them and live in them while they're fixing them up. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's because he says something like, you know, we're not we're not going to be in this house forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's OK. And as he's he calms them down, gets them back to bed. is walking back to his room. We pass another room with another daughter in it. This is Shirley. She's talking in her sleep. Um There are five kids total. I don't think we see the third daughter in this scene, but there's also another daughter named Theo. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone gets back into bed and uh, he gets into into bed with uh, his wife, who is Carla Gugino, and they're, you know, talking about the kids again. And back in the twins' room, we see them going to bed and we see... From the shadows emerges a woman with a bent neck in shadows, mm-hmm. just moving towards Nell. And then we get our opening titles, but we see bent neck lady is real.
1: Emily, this so, speaks to you because you're having some serious neck issues. I'm the lady with bent neck, and unfortunately, <laughs> the a uh, hurt neck uh, is a theme throughout this show in lots of ways. So, mm-hmm. um, is she bent neck? Like, what does this mean?
0: It's like her neck is bent at mm, not quite a 90-degree angle, but pretty close. Like, it's just...
2: Okay. Like she was being h- hung,
0: perhaps?
1: You know, we don't want to jump to any conclusions. Okay. We don't want to jump to any conclusions.
0: <laughs> but that is about the, the correct angle. Right. Okay. Great. And so this title sequence, I feel like, is... I feel like every title sequence in this year was this exact title sequence where it's just mm-hmm. like orchestral music and 3D renderings of various objects. It was like Westworld was like this. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the crown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just seems like everything of this Game time of Thrones was,
2: did it for a while, right?
0: Yeah. Game of Thrones, I feel like, was a little bit... it, oh, it was it, the map. It, like, changed a lot yeah. based on what was in the episode, which is at least a little variation on this. But, yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of all... I feel like standard title sequence.
1: I love a retrospective on title sequences throughout like the past 20 years. Yes. I, there was a Key and peel sketch where they made fun of True Detective, I think. And they had like a funny opening that was making fun of the True Detective opening. It was like, oh, yeah, all these openings are like this. Like True Blood was similar. Yes. Like they're all like like the like folksy music and then like disturbing country-esque yes, yes, yes. backgrounds. Like, right. Um, I just, there's themes, they really stick to themes, and I Mm -hmm. love to see people make fun of them. (laughs) Just want to flag that. What's in, what's the theme right now? Um, I don't know, but I will say, I just, real quick, have you guys watched Severance? The Apple TV show? Okay, Mm -hmm. this is a fucking cool thing that they're getting into, which is, like, um, a really dynamic, like rhythmic animation and it's an animation of adam scott's character like going like falling through all these different levels and like multiplying and then like becoming small and getting big and it's i love it like i love what they can do with animation now is so compelling and i feel Mm -hmm. like more and more openings are like leaning into that a little bit cool yeah. Uh,
0: I would also say another feel one that I feel like is getting more popular is just having the title without a title yes. sequence. Like yes. Euphoria, just like name of the show at one point and it doesn't have a title sequence. I feel like that's mm-hmm. becoming a little more common
1: too. 100%. Yes. And they still have the skip intro for sometimes and it's like, it's Skipping two seconds. a second. Yeah. It's two
0: seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So then we cut to present day which by the way sorry in the opening it says Hill House then so in the whole series we will be jumping back and forth in time between got it, got it. this these kids childhood and their present day adulthood so first we meet adult Stephen, who is the oldest child and we see that he is interviewing a woman about having seen her dead husband's ghost and we learn that he is a writer of um ghost stories essentially and he has written a book called the haunting of hill house based on his own childhood experiences but he is quite a skeptic of it all and he reveals to this woman you know he never actually saw a ghost and that this it's a little bit of a fictionalized version of what happened to his, his siblings, what they claim happened. We just get in the sense that he doesn't totally buy into it. Mm-hmm. But this, wo- this woman that he's talking to really does and is really interested in his family and is like, I would love for your dad to write a book. So people in this world know the story of, of Hill House because he has written about it. Um, he gets a phone call from Nell, the, his youngest sister, and doesn't answer it. We go back to the past and we see again Nell saying she saw a bent neck lady having uh, what the parents think is a nightmare. She's too scared to sleep in her room now because that's where she sees the bent neck lady. So her mom, what is the mom's name? Do you remember? Uh, Oh, Wait, I think I have it right here. Olivia? Olivia, yes. She takes her downstairs. They're going to make up a little bed for her on the couch so that she doesn't have to sleep in her room. Mm -hmm. They get her all set up there, and Olivia makes a bed next to her, sleeps on the floor, or lies down on the floor next to her until Nell falls asleep. And then once Nell is asleep, Olivia gets up, goes back to her own bed, and we see Nell on the couch alone, and her hand starts moving. And her eyes open and it looks like she can't move and she's just kind of moving her fingers and sh- her eyes are looking around and then she looks directly up and her eyes get really big like she looks scared and the camera pulls out and rotates and we see bent neck lady floating above her looking down at her. Mm. Back to present day uh, we see we're basically going to see each of the children, what their life is now in the present day. Next, we see Shirley, who is the second oldest, and her and her husband own like a a what do you call funeral home? A funeral she, home, yeah, yeah. And she does the embalming. embalming? Is that yeah. what that's called? I like think body embalming. preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the first scene, we see her. She's talking to a kid. Who is preemptively saying that he doesn't want to see his grandmother's dead body. Mm-hmm. And she's helping him through that and saying, comforting him and saying, you know, I'm going to make her look exactly how she looked to you. It's going to be OK. So she's like feeling good about helping these kids come to terms with death.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And she looks down at her phone. She has a voicemail from Nell. uh and listens to it and nell says that she's worried about luke Mm -hmm. Mm. we go back into the past we see that there is a room in hill house that has a red door that they refer to as the red room and they just can't get into it there's a groundskeeper (laughs) there's two like groundskeepers mr and mrs dudley is that their names yeah i think so and he has a master key that works to every room but it does not work For the red room. So there's just a room in this house that they live in that they can't (laughs) access. We've all been there. We've
2: all been there. (laughs) Mm -mm, mm -mm. You got to break down that
0: door. Mm -hmm. Horrifying. There can't be a mystery room in my house. Hell no. Cannot. Absolutely. No, no, no. Uh, It's, I think, Shirley that is trying to get into it with this universal key. She can't get into it. And as she walks away, we see little feet walking around (laughs) inside of this room. Back in the present day, we see Stephen calling back now. Um, she has an answer. He leaves a message saying, you know, you said you were worried about Luke. I called his rehab. He's doing great. He's been sober for 90 days. Just got his 90 day chip. Is
2: she having some sort of like twin connection to him?
0: Yes, that c- might be. It's a twin thing. It's a twin thing.
2: You don't put twins in something and not have twin shit. You got to have it. a twin thing. You got to do twin stuff.
0: Mm hmm. Um, present day uh we meet theodora who is the middle child and she picks up a girl at a bar she's like she's looking really fucking cool this is kate siegel who is mike flanagan's wife Mm -hmm. star of hush yep and oh yeah 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 okay mm -hmm. and she wears these leather gloves, like, that go up her are the looks. She looks very cool, but also, like, what are these gloves about? <laughs> yeah, the gloves are a thing. It's a thing. And we see her, yeah, picking up this, locking eyes with this woman at a bar, taking her home. They hook up. And as soon as they finish hooking up, she, like, puts her gloves back on and it's like, I guess I'm a bit of a germaphobe. And the girl gets a little offended by that. And she asks then, she asks the woman to leave. She's like, I've got work in the morning. Like, it's a little awkward at the end. She doesn't. She clearly uh, got a lot of walls up. <laughs> <laughs> and we also see after she kicks the girl out that she lives in the guest house of Shirley and her husband's like funeral home area. So she lives on the property huh. with them. The dad gets a call from Nell. We've just seen little clips of Nell looking scared calling each of her family members a lot. This time we see Nell is in a car. She's looking like why does a ghost. Very like she hasn't slept in days. She is in a car. It's raining and she calls her dad. He answers and she says, dad, remember bent neck lady? Says, yeah. And she says he, she's back and her dad gets up. And says, "I need you to drive to Stevens. Like Steven is closest to you. Like whatever is going on. Like I want you with someone. I'm getting up right now. I'll drive out there. I'll see you in the morning. Okay? Like stay at Stevens, and I'll see you in the morning." And she says, "Like yeah, I, I'm I'm home now." We see that she is not. She is in her car, and she's like, "Yeah, it's fine. Like I love you. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow," and hangs up. And we just see her looking at a bright light, looking very transfixed by something, clearly lying to her dad about whatever is going on. And uh, then we see that she is parked outside of Hill House, Mm
1: -hmm. which is like abandoned and Mm
0: -hmm. present day. It's like, yeah, like a rundown, nasty, nasty mansion. (laughs) No
1: one's lived there, clearly, for a long time. So the real estate venture didn't really pan out.
0: No, and clearly no no
1: one wanted to live there after uh, they lived there, seems Mm. like.
0: wonder why. (laughs) Then we cut back to the past of the uh, dad waking Steven up in his room saying, we got to go looking panicked. He's like, close your eyes as we, you know, don't don't you dare open your eyes. Uh, We got to get in the car. And Stephen's like totally freaked out, but the dad picks him up. He's like, OK, one, two, three. They run down the hall. We see a woman in a nasty nightgown <laughs> cross across the hallway running like in a creepy ass way. Um, I think Stephen does open his eyes and see that, right?
1: I think he does a little bit, but then he's too scared. But, to yeah, he like blocks quick. it out. Blocks it out real quick, shuts him real quick, holding on to his dad, like his dad's like carrying him like this. And he's like, what, 12 Aww. or something like that? Yeah. And the dad's just like running, carrying him. And Steven's eyes shut real tight. Yeah.
0: Um. They get outside and all the rest of the kids are in the car, all of them really confused and scared. They don't know what's going on. One of them yells at the dad, like, we got to go back and get mom. Like, mom's still in there. The dad says, that's not your mother. And they drive off. Back in present day, we see the dad calling Stephen, saying, like, something's going on with Nell. You're closest. You need to get to Nell. Um, We see shots of Nell present day in in a nasty nightgown. Just dancing around in the rundown rooms of Hill House. This place is, I mean, it's horrifying. It's like just a dusty, broken down mansion. And she is smiling and dancing and twirling through all of it. It's very unsettling. And then we see a clock, like an alarm clock, at 3.03. And all of the other siblings, all four of the siblings, we see quick shots of all of them bursting awake in bed. One of them says, Nellie's in the red room. And they all look like they've just woken up from a nightmare. They don't know what happened, but it's... it Clearly, all of, all of them have felt something happen. Meanwhile, in present day... Oh, the, yeah, I guess the next day... Or next night steven is still investigating this woman's story about seeing her husband's ghost and he's recreating the setting that she said it happened in like you know it was this time at night i was laying in bed i felt um i don't know water the, yeah i felt water and heard the car he the husband died in a car accident and she's like i heard the car crash And he lays in her bed at the time that he she said it happened and water drips on him. And he sees that there is like a leak on the ceiling and then he hears a car crash. And it's because they have recently removed a stop sign from the street outside. And so he basically disproves her sighting of her husband's ghost and is like cool kind of proud of himself i feel like he's such a skeptic that yeah he's just like well you see what really happened is this this and this and then we flash back to not the not the past of them as children but something like i don't know seven years ago or something like that where steven first published the book the haunting of hill house and we see Shirley's reaction to it, and she is fucking fuming mad, like, how dare you publish this? this is, like, outrageous. I can't believe you would write this. Really furious about it. Then we flashback back to the past, seemingly pretty soon after the dad took all the kids away from the from Hill House. And he's now in a lawyer's office and... I think Steven's in there with him and t- the dad is looking very panicked and saying like, uh, they're going to, how do I get out of this? So are they going to think that I killed her? It, it seems like Steven should not be in the room for this conversation, but he's yet clearly like panicked about whatever went down at Hill house that night. Um, we do not see where the, what happened to the mom. But it seems like something bad happened and the dad is like panicked about it. Yeah, because the press,
1: I mean, knows about it at this point and right. it's starting to be talked about and hmm. he, the dad doesn't look good.
0: <laughs> no, he's not. It's not looking good. Well, let's see, I mean, it's it not looking It wouldn't good. look good. You always think it's it's always the husband. Mm-hmm. I think that before
1: Ghost for sure. Yeah. Yeah. First up is the husband or boyfriend or man involved in any way mm-hmm. at all. hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we see Stephen driving home from the woman's house that he was staying at the ghost, the ghost husband woman. And he calls his wife, Lee, who's pa- played by Samantha Sloyan, who was Bev in Midnight Mass. And I just love mm. her. She's great. Um, we have seen in a, fla- a flashback like them happily married. And in this phone call, it's clear that they are not together anymore. She's very short with him. It's like, why are you calling me? And mm-hmm. he says, you know, I think Nell might come to the house. Something's going on with Nell. He hasn't told any of the siblings that they've split up yet, but it's bit clear that they've been split up for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get a scene where we see young Luke, the kid with the glasses, uh, drawing in like a little treehouse or something.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a tree and... House.
0: He's doing some creepy child drawings. You got to have it in Ghost and Demon movies. It's a a staple. And Stephen is asking him, like, who's this? It's and he says, it's the little girl I see in the woods. (laughs) And there's a lot of drawings of just a little girl in the woods. And then back in present day, we're seeing uh, Stephen arriving back At his house and he walks in and freezes when he sees Luke walking down the stairs of Stephen's apartment carrying a bunch of Stephen's shit. So it's Luke is robbing Stephen and Um. he looks really bad. We were led to believe that he is was 90 days sober. Luke says first thing like it's not what it looks like. Um, But it's clear that Stephen's like heard this before and is like. All right, like, sure, uh, I need you to not take my iPad. I have a lot of work stuff on that. Let me give you 200 bucks instead. You can take all the rest of the shit. Like just don't take my iPad. And Luke is like Uh. looking really like pleading with him. Like, it's not what it looks like. And he's like, yeah, I like, sure. Okay, here you go. Just leave. Just get out. And so Luke leaves and Stephen walks up to his apartment and sees Nell inside the apartment and he immediately is annoyed with her and is like were you were you in here when steve or when luke was robbing me like did you just not say anything like what's like that's fucked up (laughs) Like, you Mm -hmm. just let him do that and he's kind of talking at her and she's not really saying anything she's looking really sad and he's like you know dad was saying that something was wrong with you like what's going on with you and luke and then his phone rings and it's his dad and he answers it and his dad sounds like he's very upset and has been crying. It's also kind of a broken, crinkly like line. It's like a creepy sound, and we just hear Is she dead? The dad say, It's Nell, she's dead. She Oh <laughs> She she killed she killed herself and uh steven turns around like well who the fuck is this in my apartment nell is right there in his face and her skin like turns gray and ghosty and she opens her mouth and screams and that's the end of the episode <gasps> episode wow. one. i'm riveted i'm riveted <laughs> episode one I love in that the shit. bag in the bag <laughs>
1: That's a hundred dollars off and less than seven dollars per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com/2scary and use the code and password 2scary and grab six bottles for just thirty nine ninety nine. One last time, that's nakedwines.com/2scary code and password 2scary for hundred dollars off your first six bottles. There's something magical about unboxing. Oh my <sighs> God. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's so much more content, Emily. Just fucking buckle I'm, up. I love this. Okay. I get to binge a TV show all just while fucking sitting here. We're binging it. We're binging it, IRL. Um All right. Soy, episode two. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Open casket. Open casket. That makes sense. So uh, Shirley bursts. Uh, Awake. She's three oh three a.m. and she says Nellie's in the red room. Um, and then she kind of wakes up, and her husband is like, "Whoa, you okay? Like, what's going on?" She's like, "I, I don't know what that was. I'm fine. It's all right." We know what that was. (laughs) Um, we just, I mean, well, we just saw that Nell's obviously so
0: it's fun because each episode kind of replays the same day from each of the siblings perspectives and it goes down in age which so mm -hmm. it starts with steven who is oldest now this episode is going to be uh shirley who's the second oldest
1: second oldest she's the one that runs the funeral parlor with her husband so um next we see the scene that sammy had referenced earlier but we just you know find out more information about all the context happening behind it. So she's seeing this little kid. um, She's meeting with him who is clearly uh, very upset uh, that his grandmother has passed away. He's telling her that he sees her in the middle of the night um, and that she's bald and uh, doesn't have any teeth and she scares him and Shirley's listening to him and, The parents are kind of in the background watching this interaction happen, and she says she's soothing him. She's basically like, you knew that your grandma wore a wig, right? And you knew that she had dentures, right? So you're just... This is this is normal. This is what happens, but I want you to know that this is where my job is. My job is to take this person that you love so much and what I do is I make them look like themselves again. So the next time you see this person, your grandmother is going to look just like how you remember. So we're going to replace that scary image you have in your head with a more the more whole Version of them, and that's what I do. And the little boy is soothed by this. Clearly, she's really good at her job. She's very competent at it. She really believes in it, and this means something to her. Mm-hmm. Um, then we cut back to the past, and where uh, Shirley is in a uh, little, little, little preteen Shirley is wandering around the house, and she goes and sees her mom, who is the beautiful Carla. However you say her last name uh, This mom is such a like crazy ideal Of a mother she has like the thickest f- Most flowing long hair She wears like long dresses She's so like spiritual And emotional she's uh, Like a goddess But she
0: also I I like couldn't help but th- like. She looks like a ghost in real life Like she's wearing like velvety I robes know. Like she's dressed like a ghost You
1: know, <laughs> you know. No, I think that's part of what I'm getting at She's like a She's like a earth goddess. It's weird. You're like, who are you? Um, So she's drawing in this room and she's designing their forever house and she's showing Shirley their forever house. It's this, you know, floor plan of their, you know, once they sell, once they fix up this house and they sell it, they're finally going to have enough money to design and build their forever house. They'll never have to move houses again. They just need to do this one final one. Um, Then Nellie, uh, little baby Nellie, six-year-old Nellie kind of uh, squeaks into the room and she's like, Shirley, play with me. And Shirley's like, no. And she's like, have a tea party with me. And Shirley and her mom are too busy, but her mom's like, Shirley, take her outside. Uh, you play with her. Uh, be nice to your sister. And just remember that um, when you guys need to come in, I'm going to flip the porch light on twice. So that's how you know that it's time for you to come inside. Um. Uh, then we cut to little baby Luke, a little six-year-old Luke with his big Coke bottle glasses. He's so fucking cute. Um <laughs> I just keep writing in my notes. These kids are so cute. I hate it. I hate this. I don't want to do this. Luke is so cute. I'm so mad. Why am I doing this? That's in my notes <laughs> over and over again.
2: But we know they make it, right? So, so does that not matter? Does <laughs> Nell make it, Emily? Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah.
0: they're not. They're not thriving as adults. No, well, I guess like not. in some ways, but they're all clearly. Mm -hmm. struggled with some things
1: Um, so Luke sees a little girl in the distance and he waves to her Um, the dad Hugh he is asking the groundskeeper about why the master key doesn't work in the red room the groundskeeper as we would expect is weird about it he's like (laughs) I'm never here at night I don't know I don't know why it doesn't work like don't ask me about that key Red flags. This isn't a thing. This isn't a thing. (laughs) Red flags all over the place. Um, Shirley hears something in the shed outside while she's playing with Nell. She goes into the shed. This is a real tense scene. That's spooky music. It is slow. It is long. I was fast forwarding and closing my eyes. That's kind (laughs) of how I feel about this entire series um she's hearing this noise it's coming from underneath um like a workbench she's going in she's going in she like looks under the bench and there's a face and then it's okay it's just a mask don't worry (laughs) and there are a bunch of little baby kittens and they're cute little kittens and that was the noise she was hearing she's very excited to see the little baby kittens um cut to her asking the dad like can i keep them i love them uh, and the groundskeeper, and he's like, What about the dogs that are here at night? Isn't it dangerous to have cats around? And the groundskeeper's like, There aren't dogs on this property. <laughs> and the dad's like, But the kids hear them every night. And the groundskeeper's like, There's never seen a dog here in all the years I've worked. So, ghost dogs. There are ghost dogs <laughs> haunting the property at night. Um, Then we cut back to present day. Shirley is um, having a conversation with her husband, Kevin. They co-run this funeral parlor together. He's chastising her for basically giving away too much stuff for free. He's like, we're in the red. Things aren't, we're not making a profit here. Like our business is struggling because you keep basically having prices for people. Um, You're being too generous. and." She's fighting him on this and then a customer comes in and interrupts them and he's holding an old box of his mom's stuff um and she sees the old box and is clearly triggered by something and she uh starts to have she starts to get very stressed and quiets down and doesn't say anything is staring off into the distance and then um she sees someone sitting on the couch and then she shakes her head, and that person is gone. Um, uh, then it's a flashback to kind of the time period that Sammy was talking about, where it's—I uh, don't know how many right years after the ago the book came out. Yeah, whatever. something like that. Like it's clearly in the past, but Shirley and Stephen are on good terms enough, at least, to be um, doing this thing, which is putting Luke into rehab for the first time. So maybe it's like ten years prior. or eight mm-hmm. years prior. Um, and they're they're in the rehab, they're talking to the woman, they're saying, We're gonna do it. We're this is this is important to us. The woman is explaining to them that Luke's insurance has lapsed and so it's gonna be more expensive than they mm. previously thought. It's six thousand dollars a month. Ah! Shirley is like I can I'll fucking make it work. Like I'm gonna make it work. I'll like take out money from here, blah blah blah. And Steven at this point, it's clearly it's before the book has come right. out, obviously, because Steven he doesn't it, have enough money. To doesn't have help. enough money.
0: Yeah. And she says something like, You can get me back once you're a fame once you're a famous writer. Like he's exactly. like he's working towards it, but he hasn't had his big break yet.
1: Exactly. So clearly Steven has been working and trying to become a famous writer. Uh oh, does he capitalize on his parent on his family's <laughs> trauma? I think he Uh-oh. might <laughs> I think he might. <laughs> uh oh <laughs> um so this is before that has happened they're trying to put luke into rehab they're all she keeps being like he's gonna this is what he needs he's gonna do it like it's gonna be okay he's gonna get through it cut back to present day she finds a checkbook in her husband's bag that just has his name on it doesn't have her name on it doesn't have their business name on it she's worried by this um the uh, she like back at those carbon copies was Yeah, writing checks <laughs> great idea no she's a little she's like worried she even saw it. she felt like she was snooping and she's like stressed sure she ha- they have dinner at and she's chatting with Theo who lives in their her sister her younger sister with mm. the gloves um who lives in their back house and she's she's saying to her like I don't know what this is I'm worried um i don't Basically, like, I don't know what to do. Um, Shirley has two children, by the way, a son and a daughter, who are both very cute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cut to the past. Uh, Shirley and the other kids are feeding the kittens that they found with an eyedropper. Again, in my notes, it's just it's so cute. I want to kill myself. (laughs) The kittens are so cute. And I remember this is a thing, honestly. This is a thing with making this show. Yes,
0: I read somewhere in the trivia, they didn't want kittens. They had to have robotic kittens.
1: (laughs) They were fake robot kittens. And those are hard to make. And then also like VFX robot kittens. Yeah. It was expensive. And it's because you get close-ups of these like... They're extreme close-ups with... Very detailed of like
0: and specific things need to happen in these close-ups.
1: Little baby kittens. I mean, the thing is,
2: like, it would be probably
1: such a nightmare to
2: work with kitten. Like, kittens are so difficult. We also
1: can't get like a week old kitten on camera. You can't.
0: Yeah, probably, probably not.
1: I think legally they wouldn't let you do that. So they're like, fine, we'll make robots.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fine, fine, whatever.
1: Put it in the budget. We don't care. (laughs) We don't care we'll make robots. Uh. (laughs) We have to have them. So that night, still back in the past, um, Theo bursts into Shirley's room. She's like, why are you making all this noise? Stop banging the wall. Like, Stop calling my name. And Shirley's like, I'm not doing that. They're being haunted. Um, (laughs) There is banging in the walls. It's loud. It's scary. Um, It's very scary. Honestly, this scene is very scary. Uh, They are screaming. It's very loud. The dad bursts in and is like, why are you screaming? What the hell's going on? And They're like, what's that banging? Like, didn't you hear the banging? And He's like, no, I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he sits down on their bed and he's like, we're in an old house. There's hot water pipes. They're very loud. We're fixing them, but they're going to make a lot of noise at night. And that's what you heard. Like, illogical. I don't know. Hot water pipes are loud. This for sure was not what they were hearing. But I can see that as an adult being like, that's the thing that they were scared of. Yeah, probably. It's probably but that. He, be- he believes them. I think that's the main thing is that he's like... You're hearing something,
2: but here's a logical explanation for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: He's not like... Which you would do. You'd be
2: like, oh, let me explain. And when you know what something is, it's less scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: He's a good dad. I think that's the main thing is mm-hmm. that he's a good, caring dad. Um, oh, and then while he's telling them this, all of a sudden his face morphs, gets really long, turns into a big, scary scream, and Shirley wakes up. In adult life, and she's been having a nightmare remembering all this mm. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven calls Shirley at this point. Uh, she picks it up. It's And she, he tells her that Nell has killed herself. This is in the middle of the night. It says, I wrote down that it's 2.22 a.m. So now I'm confused. Mm. Why did I write that down? That feels like it must be wrong. Because 3.03 a.m. is when she killed herself.
0: Yes, I had it at 303, and also it showed 1203 because they're on different coasts at, at some point, so it showed like different times, but it was definitely... Maybe I wrote that down wrong. I don't know. 1203, respectively.
1: So, Stephen calls Shirley the middle of the night. 603, depending on where you might be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, lots of different options. Um, Shirley is distraught, of course. Like, she doesn't believe him. She's scared. She's terrified. She's crying. It's so sad. It's her baby sister now. She just like, you must be wrong. You must be wrong. He's like, no. She killed herself. Um, cut back to the past. Preteen Shirley wakes up. Ten-year-old uh, Shirley, whatever. Uh, one of her kittens is dead. Uh, she's very scary. So she has a funeral with her parents for this one little baby kitten. Um, the mom, beautiful earth goddess mother, <laughs> tells gives her a beautiful speech about death. She tells her that When we die, we become stories. And so that's why it's important at Mm. a funeral to talk about the person who's passed. Yeah, that's beautiful. Do you tell a story about the person who's passed away? Because that's what they become. They become the stories we tell about them, which is beautiful. Um, So she's telling a really cute story about the kitten where she's basically like, I don't remember its name. It might have been this one or this one. He was... Whatever, we don't need to know the story. Um, mm-hmm. What happens is that while she's telling us, she sees the kitten start to move and it's kind of moving like it's breathing. And she's like, Oh, it's alive. The kitten's alive. It's alive. It's alive. And her parents like, Oh, I don't know. And then a huge scary bug comes out of the kitten's mouth. Ew. That's why it was moving because this big old nasty bug was in there. Oh, that is very
0: upsetting. It's very gross. And sad. It's yep.
1: not okay. Yep. S- speaking of things that are not okay, um, Shirley is insisting that she's the one to embalm Nell's body. We cut back.
0: Seems like a to bad, present bad day.
1: Everyone's telling her it's a bad idea. Theo, her, Theo, her husband Kevin, they're like, "Don't do this." <laughs> don't do this. this is a bad idea uh she's insisting on it she's shirley is clearly very type a she's very type a she's very controlling she mm-hmm. has her life in order her life is in order that's what matters mm-hmm. um and part of her life being in order is her taking care of nell's body that is very she's important got to be to in charge
0: of that she cannot leave that important task to a stranger
1: Absolutely not. She doesn't have any friends in the embalming business she can hand it over to?
0: <laughs> no, she doesn't
1: want to. Even if she did, she wouldn't want to. Mm-mm, um, sure. that's her personality. Um and also through this conversation, we find out that Luke left rehab that morning. That just comes up. Um so we flash back to Shirley as a little girl. She's at a funeral, and we realize it's her mom's funeral. There's a big picture oh. of her mom. And she's terrified. It's an open casket funeral. She does not want to be there. And um, then we cut back to present. Shirley is down in the basement with Nell's body in a bag. And uh, then we cut back to the past, and Shirley and Nell are looking at their kittens. And they realize, Shirley and Nell together, realize all the kittens are dead. All of them have died. So then, Earth Goddess Mother Carla Gugino, hair flowing everywhere, <laughs> is trying, <laughs> trying to explain to Shirley like what happened, how this happened. Sometimes that like kittens need to be with their mom, and they weren't with their mom, and that's it's, Shirley's not their mom, and it's okay that she's not. And obviously, this isn't a metaphor for anything else. <laughs> um, then. The mom starts to have a migraine in the middle of the speech and it's very intense. She clearly like blacks out and cut to her in bed with Hugh, so embarrassed. She's like, I can't believe I just had this happen to me. Hugh calls it a color storm. He's like, mm. You just had a you just had one of your color storms. The mom is like, it wasn't colorful though. It was just black. It was like black fireworks my head that's what was so weird about it and i just totally traumatized my child Where she's the most fucked up thing with death that's ever happened with her i couldn't i'd be there for her she's feeling very guilty hmm. cut to present day shirley literally sewing the scalp back on now so <laughs> like <this> awful <laughs> Like, this conversation about with their parents being like, oh, no, we traumatized our child. This is her first brush with death. Like, she'll never be the same. Like, Mm -hmm. interchanged with a scene for the adult Shirley, like, ripping open her her sister's body, like, taking the organs out, like, cutting open the skull, like, doing, like all the intense in general
0: the like scene handoffs in this show are excellent like so much thought is put into what ends one scene and goes into the next like there's always there's one coming up that's like devastating (laughs) that i'll call out when we get to it jesus okay so then she
1: Shirley has flashbacks to Nell's wedding. She is that was that
0: was the one. That was it. Yeah, because it's like her doing the makeup on on Nell's dead body and it match cuts to her doing the makeup at Nell's wedding. And I was just like, oh, it's a fucking gut punch of a transition. Yeah.
1: Horrible. Mm. Horrible. Um, She's doing the makeup on Nell and in the past at her wedding and she sees a taxi pull up out of the window And Nell's like, what is it? And Shirley's like, nothing, nothing. I just need to get up for a second. Shirley runs outside. Luke is getting out of the taxi. Luke is clearly a little fucked up. Shirley is Mm. angry at him and is like, what the fuck are you doing here? Do not ruin this for her. Do not ruin this for her. You're not allowed to be here. Luke really wants to be there. He's like, I need I I, I'm i here. Like, please let me stay. Blah, blah. And Shirley's like, no. What? How much money do you need? Take take this. Like, just leave. Then she comes back. So he leaves. He comes she comes mm. back. Nell's like, "What was that?" Um, and Shirley's like, "Nothing, nothing." Like, "It's your perfect day. This day is so perfect." And Nell goes, mm, "Perfect in most ways, or something like that. Like almost perfect." Yeah. And it's because she knows Luke isn't going to be there. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. sad. Okay. Then a bug crawls out of Nell's dead body on the table.
0: Oh God! Oh no. <laughs>
1: It's really gross. Uh, We'll flag. What was the movie we did with Emile Hirsch? Yes. Autopsy of Jane
0: Doe. It was similar to that.
1: It was also, though, the thing I was thinking was this is clearly not the actress as the corpse. Right. Like they made a fake corpse. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. corpse doesn't look like the actress, really. And it makes a difference to have it be a real live human. It's true. And then you cut back to Shirley, baby Shirley, at her mom's funeral. She's terrified to see the open casket. The funeral parlor man, man who owns the funeral parlor, comes up to her and is like, don't worry, I got you. I fixed her. It's all okay. And he takes her hand and he leads her up to the casket. Shirley's crying. She's terrified. Her mom's dead. She looks in the casket. Her mom looks like herself. And it somehow soothes Shirley. She's like healed Mm. in a certain way. And she looks at the funeral parlor man and is like, you fixed her. You really did. And so there we go. That's the, the Shirley's. Inspiration
0: whole thing. behind mm-hmm.
1: it all. hmm Last scene of this episode. She is leaving the embalming room with Nell's body on the table. She's looking in the room. She's about to turn the light off. She turns the light off. Bam! Another body on the other table next to Nell. Very scary. All of a sudden, the body lifts up, and it's her dead mom, and she's smiling at her, and she's holding a box. Shirley turns the light on, and the mom is gone. She goes upstairs. She's like, I'm seeing things. I'm crazy. There's a little model of the quote-unquote forever house in the lobby of the funeral parlor, the porch light. Goes on and
0: off twice. End of episode. (laughs) Mm, Time to come inside. We all come home after a long day of work. And what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting. And we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created, my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it and that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims, I'm sorry. That's just the the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops. Because I want everybody to know, I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And to come inside <laughs> where? I'm already inside. Where do I go? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, uh, episode three is called Touch. We are now on to Theodora, who is the middle child... And we open on a scene with her as a kid in bed um, and we see an arm slip over her like someone's cuddling her from behind. She says, "Nelly, is that you? Did you have another bad dream? The hand interlaces with her hand and is like squeezing her hand and she's kind of half asleep saying, "Nelly, you're squeezing me too tight. Like loosen up your grip a bit. Nellie, that's really tight. You're you're hurting me. Gets annoyed, turns over to yell at Nell. There's nobody there. <laughs> um, and young Theodora is played by McKenna Grace, who is I feel like just the hardest working child in Hollywood. This little girl is in so much shit. She's she's fifteen. It? She has sixty two acting credits on IMDb. She was in The Handmaid's that's Tale. She was in I Tonya. She's in Malignant. She's in the new Ghostbusters. She was in Captain Marvel. She's in so much shit. I, every time oh, I see her, yeah. every time I see her, I'm like, does this girl get no time off? Like, she must be working constantly. I mean, she's great. I like her. She's
2: great. But that's, yeah, that's, that's too many.
0: That's too many credits. That's not going to
2: serve her well as a.
0: It, did, it just makes me a little nervous. I feel like this girl needs some time off.
1: She definitely does. McKenna, we're here for you.
0: McKenna, take some time off. McKenna, take some time McKenna, off. Take McKenna, some time if, you're, off. if you're listening, <laughs> we're here for you.
2: Yeah, she's so cute, but man, she really does need a break.
0: Yeah, it's too much. It's too much for a child. And uh, yeah, I mean, and she's been working since she's been in the single digits at least. She must have at least,
1: (laughs) of course. Well, I would hope so. It would be honestly more upsetting that wasn't the case.
0: (laughs) That's true. She's She's just making twenty movies a year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But okay, so then we cut to present day Theo. We see that she works now as a child psychiatrist. She is speaking to a young girl who is a foster child um, who is like uh, acting something out with a dollhouse. She has like a little male doll and she is saying that this is where Mr. Smiley comes uh, when he comes up. Here is where I usually see him. And Theo says, where does Mr. Smiley come from? She moves the doll under the house. Mr. Smiley comes from the basement She says he's always smiling But he's not happy It's very creepy mm. <laughs> And Theo Touches her When she she like has her gloves off And she touches mm-hmm. her And it looks like she gets some information From touching her So we kind <gasps> of Are suspecting that there's some Psychic She's thing, a medium. medium thing Yes that is the the vibe that we're getting not just a cool style, not choice, just a thoughts, cool style so. choice, though it does there's a reason that it it does it does serve as that as well.
2: <laughs> it is funny, though that, like we um, like her gloves are really long, right? They're like over the fucking elbow. She's
0: got a few different styles. She's got all kinds of gloves. She's got some cool oh, okay. like driving gloves at one point. yeah, that are the, the short driving gloves ones, are cool. But then she okay, also cool. has elbow high ones as well. those
2: huge ones reminds me we went. We went to the strip club last night (laughs) And there was a woman there Who was wearing A headscarf Sunglasses and a trench coat. Oh my
0: god! Not a dancer, a a person no, at no, the bar. Not a dancer. A a,
2: a regular patron. <laughs> and it co- it was like the most obvious like I'm in secret outfit I've ever <laughs> so seen. Funny. So it's so funny the idea of being like wearing the most obvious thing, being
1: like, don't make a big deal of it.
2: Nobody like, <laughs> look at me. Nobody look like, at me. Look at my huge gloves. But like, just don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> what you think that she was trying to be inconspicuous? genuinely it wasn't no, like a I fashion think she choice was trying to
2: be ridiculously conspicuous
1: okay, okay okay
2: I came to think that it was a huge joke it's it, it's but it was a very unclear
0: it would be wild <laughs> to think that that would be a, a actual way to have people not look at you it was like <laughs> she was the most so obvious person in the whole bar yeah
2: it was very funny <laughs> and when Joel got up to get a drink at one point there was he said that one of the dudes at the bar next to this girl said so you're here incognito, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're being really, really obvious. That's so funny.
1: That's great. Right. Anyway, okay,
0: great. So she's, she's got gloves. She's gloves got lady. all kinds of gloves, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to young Theo. Um, sh- she says there's a scene where her mom is like touching spots of air in the house saying, does it feel cold to you here? Young Theo says it feels cold everywhere. We see young Theo's always wearing sweaters. She's mm. when everyone else is not, she is always bundled up. She says it's cold all everywhere in the house. Nightmare. Yeah. We see her playing with Luke and there's a um like old timey little telephone thing that goes from the second story to the first story. That's like, you know, when you like tie cups together with string, it's like a fancy version of that a little like metal, like looks like a gramophone kind of. That's fun. Um, And so it can go. It goes from uh, an upstairs bedroom to the kitchen downstairs. And uh, it's her and Luke and Nell just exploring and trying to figure out this thing, messing around with it. And they go up to the bedroom that it that it starts in. And as Theo is looking at it, she rests her bare hand on the pillow of this bed that it is next to. And pulls it away quickly and looks scared. Uh, We then in present or not present day, we go back to around when Stephen is publishing his book. He has all the siblings seated around him and says they're all clearly annoyed by this. Definitely. Shirley is like the most mad um, and the rest of them don't look happy, but are just
1: resigned to it yeah kind of. they're
0: kind of like what the fuck like why would you do this and he's mm. he's offering each of them eight percent of the profits and shirley is like hell no like that's blood money keep all your fucking money like we don't want it the rest of them are a little quiet about it
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, <sure."> like
0: <laughs> um but they all, might as well get something uh-huh um but they all at least in this moment turn down the money uh back in present day we see Theo at that same bar that she goes up to to pick up women it's all technoe lights flashing and this is she just looks fucking cool as hell in this bar it's very mm-hmm. it's very funny mm-hmm. um and she sees the girl that she hooked up with in uh the first episode and the girl smiles at her and starts walking towards her and she turns away from her and like turns her back to her gives her a real cold shoulder yikes in a way that we see really hurts this woman's feelings it's very rude
1: yeah that would really that
0: would really hurt my feelings <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: if you've made eye contact with someone started walking towards them and then they and just like someone that you've never slept with yeah <laughs>
0: Oof. uh we flash back to again the kids playing and also running between the kitchen and the upstairs is a dumb waiter
2: that's not gonna be good. I hate <laughs> all of these things. I hate
0: them <laughs> so much. And we see that Luke has squeezed himself into the dumbwaiter, which you, no, you no. hate to this see.
2: This cute little glasses
0: kid. Cute little glasses kid. He's like trying to close himself in there. He's talking to Theo being like, press me. Push me down. I like want to go up. No, 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 no. Wanna it's go not up it. We see the, the housekeeper Miss, Mrs. Dudley trying to get him out of it. She's getting upset by it and... Theo touches her and Luke says, why are you being so angry? Why are you so angry about this? And Theo touches her and feels and she turns to Luke and says, she's not angry. She's scared. She's scared. scared. And Miss Dudley looks at Theo suspiciously. Like, how did she know that? Later that night, uh, Luke again is in... The dumb waiter by himself and convinces Theo to close him into it. She's like, "Come on, please! Like, nobody's here, nobody's stopping us. Like, just let's do it." She's like, "Okay, fine. Like, real quick. Like, I'll send you upstairs, and then you have to come and then come right back down. And then we'll for sure he will for sure (laughs) he will never do it again. Nothing could go wrong." Mm -hmm. She closes him in. She presses the up button, but he goes down. And Mm-mm. he yells, Theo, I wanted to go up. And she's pressing the up. She's like, I pressed up. I pressed up. He's going down. They're on the bottom floor of the house. There is no floor below them. And he is just no! going down. And sure enough, we see him lowered into the basement, the basement that they didn't even know existed. It mm-hmm. is a dirt floor. There's not even floorboards in this basement. It's just dirt and old barrels cobwebs, pitch black. He has a flashlight with him. I gotta say, I
1: never watched any of this. I close my eyes and shut my ears. It's scary. This is a really scary scene. Yeah, this is the scary. I think this is one of the scariest parts of the whole series.
0: He has a flashlight. He is shining it around the room. And from behind one of the barrels, a hand reaches out and starts pulling toward dragging something towards him we see that it is a fucking scary ass zombie like torso looking thing it's like a bloodied Mm -hmm. torso crawling towards him Ew! he's screaming in terror theo is freaking out like trying to press the button like look 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 and this uh Zombies crawling, crawling towards him. Uh, the parents hear what's happening. They get down and are also like, "What the fuck is going on?" Pressing buttons. Eventually, they're able to get the dumb waiter to come back up. They open it, get Luke out. His pajamas are ripped. He is sobbing, and they say, "You know what? What happened? What? What are you doing?" They're yelling at Theo, like, "What were you thinking?" Theo's crying, saying, "I'm, like, I'm so sorry." Is he okay? He says, you know, the, the a monster got, got me, like, ripped, like, attacked me. And they, of course, are like, well, you probably just caught your pajamas in the thing or something. Probably. <laughs> and he says at some point that there was a ladder down there. Then we, we cut back to present day and we see Theo in bed sleeping. And the sheets just start pulling off of her, which is a creepy thing that also happens in a lot of ghost stuff. And Mm -hmm. she eventually feels the sheets coming off and looks down to the foot of her bed. And there is Mr. Smiley, just like a creepy ass. It's almost like a little pumpkin head looking thing with a huge smile staring at her. It's a big jump scare. She screams and wakes up. And I think it's like a dream within a dream. and. She, like, says, oh, that kid's, like, really getting in my head. Mm. And then there's a knock at the door. And it's Shirley after she has received the news Mm. about Nell. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then there's a flashback again to Nell's wedding. And Nell and Stephen are looking for the maid of honor who is supposed to give a toast. And they, like, find... They get her location to a room upstairs they hear her like moaning in the room and they're like oh my god like who is she hooking up with they're taking bets on who it's gonna be they open the door and it's theo and they didn't know she was gay and this is the moment that they're like we didn't know you liked and she says bridesmaids and they all (laughs) have a laugh (laughs) um then back to them as kids uh we see that Luke is upset that nobody believes him, that there was a Mm -hmm. monster in the basement. Theo touches him and says, "I, I believe you. And Theo says, you said there was a ladder in there, right? Like, if that's, like, how far away was it? We can maybe pinpoint the location of the ladder based on, you know, the floor plan type of thing. Like, how many steps away do you think it was? And so they go back into the kitchen and recreate... The distance of where the ladder would be, and Theo moves some furniture out of the way, and we see there is a little false p- floor, little trap door to a basement. They pull it open, and there is a like hidden little glimpse of a ghost face under the stairs. And this is something that Mike Flanagan did sprinkled throughout all of these episodes. Apparently, there's like over 30 hidden ghosts in the background.
2: Oh, that's fun.
0: And they're never played as, like, a jump scare or anything. They're just, like, in there if you can spot them. And this was the first one I saw, but probably wasn't actually the first one in there. But just the first one I noticed. Hmm. Um, And we see her going into the basement. She doesn't see a monster, but, like, we see that Luke was telling the truth. There's a creepy-ass basement down here. And uh, present-day Theo goes to the house of the foster parents of the girl who sees mr smiley and asks if she can go into their basement because that's where mr smiley comes from and she's exploring the basement she takes off her gloves she's touching things and there's a couch down there she touches it lays down in it and has a big reaction it's like oh god oh god don't please no please no starts crying sobbing And is laying down looking up at the ceiling of this basement and the way the like wood markings in the ceiling form a big smiley face. And so, oh, it's really fucking devastating. So she like is very upset. And as she is leaving the house, sees the foster dad and Mm -hmm. takes off her glove to shake his hand and is acting like. Everything's fine and she's like yeah, sorry I know that was weird to ask to just see your basement but I'm just trying to get a better understanding of your daughter and she shakes his hand and gets a like really knowing look and looks very scared and angry and leaves and makes a phone call in her car. I would like to report some child abuse happening in this house. I'm positive like there's no doubt in my mind. Ugh,
1: it's so sad. <laughs> It's so sad. It's so because also you Ooh. know what you know what this also really made me feel is to be a medium in any way, you have to allow you have to be so brave <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> to like open yourself up to feeling these feelings that other people are having. Cause you can like intellectually know about them, but to actually feel them horrible, Oof. horrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So scary. It's way scary. That's
0: what she's doing. It's I know. Horrible. Yeah, that's true. Oof, it really is devastating. Um. So then uh, flashback, we see uh, there's been a few little moments where the mom has noticed Theo knowing things that she shouldn't know. Like there was a box that they were going to throw away that she's like, no, I think that box is special. And it had a very expensive bottle of wine in it. And her mom has been kind of tracking these moments and says, Are you like, how did you know that? And how do you know these things? And, and Theo's not really admitting anything, but she says, you know how I get my migraines? Like, sometimes I see things in those. And your grandma uh, was also very sensitive. And I had always wondered if you girls would be sensitive, any of you girls would have that sensitivity as well. And she hands her a box and says, this will help. She opens the box and it is gloves. She says Mm -hmm. that that this will help you um, block those things out. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. And then uh, we've seen in the previous episode that while Shirley has been prepping Nell's body. Uh, Theo has been like I, I'm not ready I'm not ready to see her I don't want to I don't want to be in there I'm not ready for that but in this moment she by herself at nighttime goes down into this funeral <laughs> funeral like uh, the the morgue room where Nell's body is and is looking at her and takes her glove off and mm-hmm. goes to put her hand on Nell's forehead holds it there for a second and then like steps back and collapses like scream crying like a huge fucking cry like she it's like the whole episode theo is pretty emotionless like it's clear that a lot of her reaction has been or a lot of her reaction to trauma has been to like kind of keep everyone in a and like hide from her emotions. And this is just like an explosion of emotion. She screamed, she's got a huge fucking reaction to this. It's really gnarly. And then it cuts to her sitting on the porch drinking and crying and she's drinking gen beam <laughs> i noticed that the bottle says Jen beam.
2: <laughs> i love when they do that in shows it's so funny like no we didn't use your product this is not
0: this is gen beam
2: <laughs> so i don't know what you're talking about because this couldn't be more yeah no, this is not that
0: this is very far from that we're
2: drinking sproit. We're not drinking Sprite. <laughs> like, i don't know what you're talking about
0: Uh, and Kevin, Shirley's husband comes out and they have an exchange in which they reveal that both of them did accept the 8% money from Steven and, Mm -hmm. uh, are Mm -hmm. keeping it a secret from, uh, Shirley. And that's what his secret checkbook is. I think it's cause, uh, Theo says like, you might want to hide your checkbook better and like, whatever, we both have secrets that we're keeping. And then she sees that the girl that she hooked up with previously had left her phone number. She decides to call her and the girl comes over and Theo immediately starts hooking up with her without even saying a word. The girl says, you know, can we slow down? Can we talk for a second? Like I'm feeling a little used here. Like, can we just like, how was your day? And Theo is like, how was my day? Uh, Well, I found out that one of the kids that I'm uh, talking to was being molested by their foster parent. I just saw my dead sister downstairs. She just like does this huge emotional dumping. That's pretty unfair. I think
2: deeply (laughs) and
0: uh, she says, so do you want to talk about your our days or do you want to just kiss me? And uh, shockingly, the girl looks like so sympathetic and just starts kissing her. And I'm like, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) you're immediately turned off you're like okay that's a lot and i
1: want to be there for you but you're a stranger. I don't really know you when I'm You're not, horny anymore. I, I'm I'm not, not horny. horny
0: anymore. I'm Here's not horny anymore. I'm not horny. Like I'm not horny anymore. That's
1: a thing.
2: <laughs> I've been sorry, but I just simply am not. Especially when it's like the
1: kid I'm seeing was molested. Yeah. It's like
2: don't you want to have yeah, sex I with me? Don't want to have sex right now is the thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was actually a lot.
2: And I think it'd be troubling if I did.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm unrealistic.
0: But she does. But she does. We get one more flashback of their last night in Hill House as the dad is getting all of the kids out. Um, He goes to grab Theo. And when he touches Theo, she looks very scared, pulls away from him and says, don't touch me. Don't touch me. starts screaming. Don't touch me. And cut back to present day, her hooking up with this girl. And she says, touch me. <laughs> End of the episode. It's a stupid ending, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My plan again was like, look at my wife. She's so hot. She's so hot. She's so hot. <laughs>
1: look at her have sex with this woman.
2: <laughs> I'm not weird for writing this. I'm not weird for writing this. <laughs>
1: She's hot. She's hot. She's hot. She's hot. Um, this isn't
2: a personal fantasy of mine. It's the show. It's the show. It's the show. <laughs> this is the best possible choice for the show. Everybody shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. So let's shut up. do
1: another take. We're not done. One more We're done. We're not done. Nobody goes home. Nobody goes home watch my wife.
2: <laughs> watch her. Look at her,
1: look at her, look at her, look at her. Oh my god.
2: Um okay, I honestly I'm like but I'm like a, a bummed out that we don't have time to keep going cuz now I'm like fucking hooked.
0: It's really it's, it's good. really good and yeah, I feel like it's just a very well-made show uh, which is just a nightmare for henley and the people at paramount to hear
1: (laughs) they were disappointed no more they're like wait what it's doing well in the editing room no get mike flanagan out of there no no one can edit it it's gotta be bad trying to watch that
2: one scene with his wife over and over again he keeps making us re-edit that scene it (laughs) is
0: Uh, fucking weird. But, but wait, Henley, also I wanted to ask you, so Mike Flanagan has another c- series coming up called The Midnight Club. Do you know anything about that?
1: Mm, I do. I didn't work on it at Netflix. My colleague Lauren O'Brien, shout out to Lauren. Hi, Hi Lauren. Lauren! 100% doesn't listen to this and never will. <laughs> but she worked on it and all I know is that it's shot in Vancouver. And we have an overall, Netflix has an overall deal with Mike Flanagan, so he's had Midnight Club. We did Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. And then there's another Mike Flanagan. Echoes is him, too, I think. I think that's him. Um, And just for some really boring context for what I do, my job is to manage um, all the physical assets that we're purchasing on all of our productions at Netflix. Mm -hmm. So uh, tracking a lot of costumes, props. Um, We put them on displays in museums, dealing with that kind of thing. The tricky thing when with our overall deals with someone like Mike Flanagan, he has all these productions going at the same time. They're all the same crew working on them. So these sneaky little costume designers, sneaky little production designers, prop masters—they're one hundred percent like reusing things, keeping things in their like living rooms, not telling (laughs) us because they're never like not working. You know what I mean? And um, that makes it tricky for the studio, the boring studio that I work for, to to have viz into what's going on. So we're always, I mean, Lauren, anyway, is always like, uh, I don't know what the hell happened to these costumes, because I'm pretty sure the costume designer has them like in her garage
0: and didn't <laughs> tell us. <laughs> they disappeared like ghosts. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, it shows how Ghosts <laughs> took them. I don't know. I really love the Mike Flanagan series, except I didn't watch, uh, I, I didn't finish Haunting of Bly Manor, which is, maybe I should. I think I watched, like, all except for the last two. I just couldn't get into it.
1: To be completely frank, I find Haunting of Bly Manor and Midnight Mass bad. I didn't like either mm, of them. See, I but Midnight I Night liked Mass. Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, mm-hmm. A lot of people did. People
0: really liked Midnight Mass. Yeah. Um, I was one of them. But huh. um, Tony Head's. So we will be back with part two of our three-part series on haunting a phil house and i can't freaking wait i really love this show
2: i can't freaking wait i'm excited i'm excited i really am hooked
0: yep okay um Great. okay love you guys so much <laughs> love, love you. you guys so much Bye. 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 that was a headgum podcast